because they're going out into cold and we get to stay here and warm. Actually, this is the only, I think this is the only part of the building. Well, actually, no. The chapel has heat, doesn't it? Yeah, I think we've got wall heaters in the chapel. We're, we're, uh, the roof is on. The heaters are coming. Okay, we've got one out of three. And so this room was actually kind of powering the rest of the building. And uh, I got here this morning. It was a little bit early and uh, uh, we need a little help on that. So you can, you can pray about that. They've uh, they got the ducting work uh, close to being done, hopefully next week. We'll have some heat, and uh, yeah, things will be uh, a little warmer. Until then, uh, wear your jackets, <laughs> and then make sure that when we get here, all of us in this room kind of warm things up uh, together. All right, let's go into the Word of God. Let's pray. God, thank you for uh, this time together. Thank you that we can look into the Advent story again. We can learn from you, uh, and Lord, uh, that we can, we can grow in our understanding of who you are, what it all means to us, Lord, life and life itself. We pray this in Christ. Amen. Um, a couple things as we begin. Did you see uh, Henry on Facebook this week, by the way? Uh, 500 538 pallets of food this week. And Couch and Basket Society that Henry heads up now is uh, taking charge of that. Uh, and that's just great. And so if you had something to do with that, uh, again, thank you for that. Uh, that's going to, to feed a lot of people over the next little while. And so, Henry, uh, we're just excited for that great start in your first week there. And I'm sure that you were probably going, holy smokes, what have I jumped into? And uh, now you know, right? And we'll keep praying for you as well. Uh, that said, we're going to take an offering next week uh, that we do every December. It's a benevolent offering but it's an offering specifically for us to create some hampers and gift cards for people, probably more gift cards than hampers because of COVID. Uh, we did that last year. We're going to do it again, and our goal is to find people that need some help, and that's not hard to find these days, and to offer them uh, some help here at Christmas time. Uh, a quick financial update as well. Thank you. We asked you if, if, uh, if you could pick it up just a little bit in terms of meeting our budget. Over the past month, uh, we have picked it up. We we're 5% up from where we were the, the month before, and so that's wonderful. We praise God for that, and, and please keep on in your faithful giving, and we'll make our budget, and we're making expenses, but there's some expenses coming, of course, and we have, to, we have to pick those things up just a little bit. All right. Last week I talked about, oh, here we go. Uh, there it is. Okay. Actually, if you guys got this, just keep an eye on what I'm doing. You okay with that? I'm not going to use this? All right. Perfect. Uh, we talked last week about the history of the Jewish nation following Egypt. I'm going to go through this really quickly. They were careless with God's covenant. Uh, that's the first slide. Yeah, thank you. Uh, they, they treated the covenant of God. That's the Ten Commandments, the Mosaic Covenant, God's promise to Abraham, all those things, but especially the, the Old Testament law. They, they, they treated it as a set of rules to be followed instead of a relationship with God to be embraced. And God has always wanted relationship, not rules. The rules that he puts in place for our lives are, are, uh, are, are parameters around our lives, boundaries that keep us from getting hurt. And, and allow us to honor him and to reflect back to him how thankful we are that he is our God, we are his people. They, 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 they forgot that, and it became something legalistic for them. And, and as that happened, they then experienced, by not keeping those rules and living in relationship with him, the relationship went and then the rules went, they experienced the consequences of being careless. God 
removed his favor from them. He was there, but, but how can you favor someone that is, that is going the complete wrong direction? And so uh, his attention was given to him, but not his favor. And he told them that that would happen. And he reminded them that the covenant they shared had not expired. And that's the thing about God's covenants. They, they don't expire just because we don't keep them. They're still there. And then God assured them within that of his love and of a promised future, but there was also discipline coming, and they faced that. And we know that today as the exile and where they were taken away, and then they were restored. Uh, and as they struggled to honor their covenant with him, God promised them something new, a new government. And that's underlined because that's what we're talking about over these uh, number of weeks, a throne. That's in Isaiah chapter 9. And then in Isaiah, whoops, back it up one, Isaiah chapter 53, a new covenant not just a new government, which is a lamb. It's the lamb. And that's the Advent story. And so again, to get us where we need to be today, the Advent story is about the lamb. Uh, the, sorry, the Lent story, the Easter story is about the lamb. The Advent story is about the government. And so Isaiah 9 talks about that. Nevertheless, the time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. There will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. And the boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. There won't be a need for that anymore. They will be fuel for the fire. For to us... A child is born. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and here are his names. And this is what we're going through in these four weeks of Advent. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity, and the passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. Uh, and so the key point we looked at last week was that God is promising his people a new king, one like they have never seen or experienced before. We looked at this already. A king so powerful his reign will never end. A king so fair and just that shalom will describe his reign. Peace will describe his reign. A king that honors them with the covenant that they are bound to. And a king that, who is somehow human yet is beyond human. And that's what the Advent is about. The Lord, God himself, come to earth in the form of the Christ child Jesus. And his names, there they are. And then last week we looked at Mighty God. Uh, today we're looking at Everlasting Father. And so let's look at that today in the time that we have. Everlasting Father. He will be called Everlasting Father. Father. What does that mean? There's actually two Hebrew words. I, I don't like to give Hebrew words all the time, but it's important that we look at this because it meant a lot to the Jewish people as they, as they read this, and there were distinctives in the words that, that come out for us in the English language as we look in the original one. The first word uh, is everlasting, and it's the Hebrew word ad, okay? So we can all say that word, ad. Say that word. Ready? One, two, three, ad, okay? Easy word, right? Hebrew words were often quite short, uh, and this word, ad, means eternal, with neither beginning nor end. Always has been, always is, today, and always will be, forever. So, no beginning, no end, everlasting. Not something that began and then goes forever, 
Those of us who uh, have, God has created us, we've been born. God promised us eternity, and as we know him personally, he promises us eternity with him after we uh, leave this earth. No, this is different. It's everlasting that direction, everlasting that direction. Eternal. And the second word is father. And there are two possible Hebrew words. One uh, rhymes with salad which is yalad, okay? And it is this, to bring forth a child or to beget. And so we find that in the scriptures all over the place. In Genesis chapter 4 through 6, it goes on and on, but just two verses out of that, we know that Cain, it says, knew his wife and she begat, she yaladed Enoch. She, so he knew his wife, uh, they, 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 they created a child together and the child's name was Enoch. And then later Noah begat three sons. He produced three sons with his wife, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Uh, and that's the word that uh, is one of the words. Uh, now that I've given you that, erase that from your memory because that's not the word. All right? There's actually another word. And it's one of those Hebrew uh, one-syllable words. So we have ad. Everyone say ad. Okay, the next one is ab with a B. Ready? Ab. So you have ad, ab. His name will be ad, ab. And ab means this leader and protector of the household or of the clan. Another word might be patriarch, really. But patriarch is something that we go, yeah, okay, whatever. It, it actually is deeper than that. It's the leader of the clan, the person that leads it, and the person that is responsible for protecting the clan, the protection of that. And the protector of the clan uh, will be someone who has always been and always will be protecting the clan back there, who is protecting the clan now, and who will protect the people, the clan, in the future. And we find that word actually in the names of some people. Here are three of them. Abraham, or Abraham, who is the leader and protector or the father of many nations, of a multitude. We have Absalom. Salam, meaning peace, shalom. Ab, my father, is peace. The leader and protector of my clan is peace. Isn't that a beautiful name? I think that some of you uh, young families there, if you're going to produce some more children, Absalom. What a great name. All right? I want to see some Absaloms around here pretty soon. All right. And then finally, how about this one? Abimelech. Ab, the leader and protector of the household clan, Melech, is king. My father is king. Now, we throw those together, and what do we have? His name will be called Ab-Ad. Ab-Ad. Literally, my father is eternal. He will be the source from which everyone has come and from whom everyone will have their provision, not today, but forever. That is who this person is going to be. Now, think about that for a minute. Think about that in the lives of these people who are struggling who are walking in darkness. They have been overrun. They are, they are moving into exile. Life is very, very hard for them. This would have been just the most wonderful news that they could hear. And for us today, as we look at the Christ child, we understand that that is the promise of Isaiah to the world today, to you and to I today. Everlasting Father, Ab, Ad. And as we get then into the gospel story, we see that. We see the everlasting Father happening here. We see that John chapter 1, in the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word, Jesus. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. In other words, everlasting. You see that? Everlasting. Always has been. 
God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word, that is the Christ, it gave life to everything that was created and his life brought life, brought light, pardon me, to everyone. The people walking in darkness have seen a great what? Have seen a great light. God illuminating himself to the world. And this light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Uh, prophetic understanding of that, but, but let's get a little more personal in that, all right? Um, because as we look at Jesus himself and as he was teaching, um, he tells this story. And I want to jump into that story just for a minute today. It's the story of the prodigal son. Now, who has not heard the story of the prodigal son? Not too many of us, all right? Uh, it's a story that, that whether you uh, are a churchgoer or not a churchgoer, pretty much everyone has heard the term prodigal son. And really the story is this, just to give you a real quick rundown again. The story is of a man, he had two sons, and the one son uh, asked for his inheritance before dad died. Dad, being a, a gracious father, uh, gave the son uh, his inheritance, half the estate. The son goes off and he, and he squanders it uh, in, in, in living that, uh, that every father's heart would be broken over. Um, partying all the time, uh, all sorts of debauchery, uh, prostitutes, everything else. And then he spends it all and he finds himself suddenly with nothing. And he's in poverty. Uh, and, and as he's in poverty and as a Jewish boy, he, got, he finds a job in a faraway land feeding pigs, which for a Jewish person is about as low as you can go. And as he's sitting there watching the pigs eat and he has nothing to eat, the Bible says he comes to his senses. It's like a light bulb goes on. Finally, after all of the, the, the heartache that he's caused to himself and to his family, a light bulb goes on. And he says, you know what? I'm going to go back to dad. And I'm going to go back and I'm just going to plead for mercy. And I'm going to just say, dad, can I just work for you as a hired hand the rest of my life? I, I don't deserve to be a member of this family anymore. But, but hey, if I could work on your farm, it would sure be better than working on this farm. And that's all I want. And he goes back, and of course the story says that as he was coming, uh, the father, who's been really looking for him ever since he left, sees him, and he runs up to him, throws his arms around him, he starts his speech, and the father says, forget the speech, he just, he's so happy to see his son, and he, and he, uh, he creates, he, he throws a big party, he invites everybody, uh, stops, <laughs> stops what everyone's doing, and they have this wild feast, uh, a wonderful celebration, because he's just so happy to see his lost son, prodigal son. Uh, and then meanwhile, the, uh, the, the, the prodigal son has an older brother. And the older brother is a guy that has never left home. And he's just worked the farm all his life. And when he hears all the music and everything going on, and we're going to get to that in a minute, uh, he has a reaction to that. He has a reaction. Uh, but to look at these, these two, hit the next slide if you would. Uh, here are the two sons. The younger son, uh, he's outwardly rebellious, isn't he? He wants what he wants, and he wants it now. Uh, and he insults his father. Like, to ask for the estate before... I mean, can you imagine? Any of you who have elderly parents, you know, and you, you, you go to mom and dad, and you say, hey, I know you're going to die soon, and I want it now. Like, and I love you, by the way. Really? Yeah, I'm sure you do. No, you don't. You just want what I've got. And for some reason, the father gives it to him. Uh, he insults him. Uh, that, would be, uh, that would be like not just slapping dad in the face. That would be like all the neighbors going, holy cow. He leaves home, <clears throat> and his dad knows where he's going. 
he squanders everything. He lives sinfully. He winds up broken, and he finally comes to his senses and comes home. Uh, and then you've got the other guy, okay? The other guy. He faithfully stays home. Uh, he honors his father, never gives him a hard time. He works hard every day. He lives righteously. Uh, he's never been a problem. You know, um, I'm already starting to dislike this guy because, you know, like you long to be like him, but at the point you kind of, you're kind of going, wow. He manages his life carefully, and he's never left home. He's just been the good son the entire time of his life. And then when the, when the prodigal son comes home, here's what happens. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home and heard the music dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants what was going on, he said, hey, your brother's back. And your father has killed the fattened calf, the one that we were keeping for the feast that was coming up. No, we killed it now. And we are celebrating because of his safe return. And you know, here's where the, where the older brother should have gone. My brother's back. That's fantastic. Just like dad, I've been heartsick about him. But of course, we know that's not what happens. He says the older brother was angry, and he wouldn't go in. He wouldn't join the party. He went off and he sulked, and dad comes out and says, son, what's, what's, what's going on? Come on in. And he says, dad, all these years, I've served you. Listen to this. All these years, I've worked hard, some Bibles put it. Labored is another word that other translations of the Bible puts it. I've served you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. And in all that time, you never even gave me one goat, let alone the fattened calf, for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours, he doesn't say when our brother, he says when this kid comes back, and I'm sure that, uh, you know, as the stories came back over the days and months and perhaps years, that it took for the inheritance to be squandered. You know, the older brother's out working in the field, and he says, hey, you know what? I just heard some news about your brother. Um, you wouldn't believe what happened now. And, you know, I can, I can just sense in him, the responsible one, the anger just building up, the family names being taken through the mud, um, his brother's making a fool out of everyone, including dad. And, and so he's got justification to be angry. And yet somewhere in there, he's lost the grace that the father has. And he says, you know, when this guy comes back, your kid, not, not my brother, when your kid comes back, after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf? And the father, this is the father, this is the everlasting father. So that's the, that's the brother. What does the father say? He says, look, dear son, you've always stayed with me. Everything I have belongs to you. Uh, but we had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and he's come back to life. He was lost, but now he's found. You know, it's, isn't it, when you look at this story, and Jesus told this story, um, isn't it amazing, um, in a bunch of ways, the reaction of the three main parties? You know, the, the younger brother goes and comes to his senses and comes back. The brother who's responsible stays and his, and his frustration and anger build, but he's faithful all his life. And then in the middle, and some people have said this parable shouldn't be, about the, shouldn't be called the prodigal son. It should be called the gracious father. 
Uh, and, and yet we see that the Father has, has this incredible grace for the Son that, that comes home. And yet he also has equal incredible grace for the brother that's angry. Do you see that? And, and his greatest heart's desire is that the prodigal son comes home. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter anything that's happened. All that matters is that you're with me now. And on the other side, uh, you've got the older brother who's been faithful and faithful and faithful and has never really been a problem. And yet what the father wants for him is that he will embrace the grace that, that he has demonstrated day after day after day after day. And I think as we look at, 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 at our lives, I, you know, I know that, that in this room today, there are people that, that, uh, that go, man, I've, I've been the faithful brother. I've, I've never really given God a problem. Now, we all have to come to God because the brother was as broken as, both brothers were, were broken. Do you see that? Both brothers needed healing. Uh, the one brother, uh, the healing was far more obvious. The other brother, the healing was far more subtle. But they both needed to experience the grace of the Father. And, and you know, some of us, um, I'll put myself in that category. I, um, I've never really strayed that far um, from understanding God and, and who he is. And I, I came to Christ at a relatively young age. And, um, and I'm so thankful for that. And most of that uh, in my formative years, that's really my parents' testimony more than mine. Of parents who just did their very best to introduce Christ to me at an early age. Uh, and and there, are, there are others that uh, here I know in this room who have uh, come from, from so far away. They go, it's a wonder I found God at all, but I found him. Uh, and at the same point of meeting this father, because he's the everlasting father of everyone. Amen? He's the everlasting father of everyone. There's this point where we come before him and the only thing that we really need to know is his grace poured out for us. Wherever we come from, whoever we are. The prodigal had to go miles away and go through an enormous amount of pain to finally come to his senses and say, I just want to be with my dad. The good brother had to live in the father's house and, and maybe come to a point where he saw the father's extravagant grace poured out on someone that he didn't think deserved it to come to a point, and I hope this is true, and we'll get to that in a minute, where he actually understood just what kind of a father he had. One that could accept his brother, and yet one who said, son... <laughs> You've always been with me, and it'll always be yours. Now, I don't know where you are in that, but um, the point that I want to make today is it doesn't matter where you've come from or where you are. What matters is the Father, the everlasting Father, the one who has always been, who always will be, and who is here right now. And so, you know, as I give you a moment to think about that, uh, just let me uh, lead us in a prayer for a moment that helps us connect uh, with our everlasting Father. Okay, will you pray with me, please? God, thank you. Thank you for the fact that you just, uh, Lord, you demonstrate grace to everybody. What a gracious God you are. Lord, we thank you so much. For some of us, Lord, we have been 
we've been a long ways away. And it's been a thing of, uh, Lord, a point in life of coming to our senses and going, what am I doing? What really is life about? What does it mean to be alive? And, and is there a God? Is there a Father who's gracious? And does he care for me? And, 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 and in that, we discover that there is. And that's the story of Jesus. And so we thank you that the Christmas story is about God incarnate, God in the flesh, God in the world, God being gracious to us. And, and Lord, there are others in this room too, Lord, those of us who have learned that early and we're so thankful for that. But God, um, the danger is that we will fall into judgment. We'll fall into thinking that we are righteous that, that, that we don't need your grace. And, and so, Lord, if there is someone here today who, who just needs to get back in touch uh, with your grace, though they've lived a good life, Lord, may we also get in touch uh, that, Lord, good in our human flesh is never enough. And we need your grace as well, Lord. We have all sinned and fallen short of your glory. And thank you, Lord, that, that as, as people who come to you and need to experience your grace, Lord, it, it comes from every side, every angle, every tribe, every nation, every person. We need that, and you offer it to us, God. Thank you for that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.